BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Before we begin, a reminder to please rate and review our show. It helps new listeners discover us and grow the program. On this episode of Sports Illustrated Weekly, Royce White was a good college basketball player who was perhaps best known for a short and bumpy stint in the NBA. Until 2020, when he led several protests in Minnesota against police brutality following the murder of George Floyd. At the time, White was praised as an up-and-coming civil rights activist. So how did that version of White, a black man, end up falling in with MAGA ideologues like Steve Bannon? And why is he running for Congress in Minnesota as a right-wing populist? Journalist David Gardner joins us to explain how White became a favorite of the far right. It's Wednesday, June 15th. I'm your host, John Gonzalez. From Sports Illustrated and iHeartRadio, this is Sports Illustrated Weekly. My name is Royce White. I'm a fifth-generation Minnesotan and a product of the Twin Cities. But first and foremost, I'm an American. I'm running for Congress because our leaders have sold us out. David Gardner, welcome to Sports Illustrated Weekly. Great to be here. Thanks for having me, John. Yeah, so you wrote a must-read piece about Royce White in the Washington Post, heavily reported, 
And David White is sort of this fringe figure in pro sports. He wasn't in the NBA for very long. He's tried his hand at MMA for a minute. And yet he's gotten quite a bit of media attention during his career for reasons that we'll get into. But first, tell us a little bit about who Royce White is and why you decided to write about his nascent political career. Yeah, well, if you're a college basketball fan like I am, then you probably remember Royce had an absolutely spectacular season at Iowa State. Uh, he lost to a great Kentucky team, but they had a decent NCAA tournament run. It was a team loaded with transfers. He actually led the NCAA in all five major statistical categories that season. It was just an exceptional, dominant player. Actually played sort of ahead of his time. He's more of a small ball-oriented offense guy, and I think in today's NBA, he might have thrived more than he did 10 years ago when he was drafted. He was a first-round pick, and then, as I'm sure we're going to get into, he had some pretty notable battles with the NBA over their mental health policy that sort of derailed his career. Yeah, a lot of the conversation around him back then was about his unwillingness to fly. He's a reluctant flyer, I guess we might call him euphemistically. Tell us a little bit about that, because he says that that's not why he didn't make it in the NBA, and that it's a convenient narrative for the NBA to say, oh, this is why, and it really, he says, wasn't about that. Yeah, so pardon the terrible pun, but I'll just say that, you know, he said that this narrative took off because of the NBA, right? But Mm. what he says is that he was always able to manage his anxiety. It was triggered by flying, but he was able to manage it. And I talked to Iowa State coaches who confirmed that. They actually had an assistant coach that he was very close with who would sit with him during takeoff at the times when his anxiety was most likely to trigger and throughout the flight, keep him in conversation, keep him healthy, keep him talking. And then he also flew when he played for the Professional Basketball League in Canada too. They didn't do a lot of flying, but he did it when he was able to, when he needed to. And so I am sympathetic to him in the sense that I think that he was more willing to fly than people give him credit for. At the same time, he was trying to unfold a larger battle with the NBA about their overall mental health policy. And in that way, he was really well ahead of his time. Yeah, the battle with the NBA and Royce White continues, at least in one direction. He calls the NBA a, quote, neoliberal globalist, Marxist, radical materialist establishment, which is just an incredible mouthful. And it's just one of the many organizations and entities that he has a problem with. This is a big grievance for him. Yeah, uh, he considers the NBA and many other large global corporations to be part of what he considers to be the corporatocracy, which is the merger of the government and large corporations at a scale at which ultimately I think the end result, as he understands it, is to strip everybody of their individual American citizenship and to replace them with a global citizenship. Of course, this is this kind of language is a conspiracy theory that goes back as far as geopolitics goes back. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's lizard people behind it. Sometimes, unfortunately, it's ethnic minorities that are labeled as the scapegoats in this situation. But that's his understanding of his grievance against the NBA, which particularly manifested it against David Stern, who he said that he outlived because of prayer, even though David Stern is about 50 years older than him. Yeah, you could also take that into account. But so, Royce White, I mean, look, a lot of people have complicated, convoluted political beliefs. Certainly athletes do as well. But he was not exactly an athlete of renown, right? So normally under usual circumstances, you would expect him to be sort of relegated to a fringe figure that we only tangentially pay attention to, if we pay attention to him at all. And yet, he's really had this resurgence in terms of people focusing on what Royce White has to say. When did he first pop back up on the radar off the court? 
Yeah, I think for most people, if they weren't paying attention to his MMA career, and I think he's only been in one fight, you'll have to fact check me on that, but he does not have a stellar MMA record. I think for most people, and for me, certainly, he came back on to the scene after the murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis. Royce is from Minneapolis, and he played his first season of college basketball, although he never saw the court for the Minneapolis Gophers. And he was out on the streets leading protests. And at that time, he was actually sounding in some ways, very similar to a lot of the liberal protesters. He was talking about the police being outside the circle of trust and wanting them to be back in the circle of trust. But he has since sort of recast what he was protesting. And he now says he was protesting like the Federal Reserve and these other things that he takes issue with. Yeah, around the time of the George Floyd protests, he's out in the streets. He's protesting with Black Lives Matter. He's on MSNBC talking about policing issues, as you mentioned. Sounded, at least to me, incredibly socially progressive. And yet, as you mentioned, these days, something entirely different from his political position. He's taken a very hard right turn. He's trumpeting a lot of the sentiment you could hear from the MAGA movement and the far right. How did he get involved with and start espousing far right political views? So that was my starting point with this story. I looked at a guy who I read about actually in the Washington Post two years prior to my feature who was being featured as an emerging civil rights activist who was out here on the streets, like you said, protesting the murder of George Floyd. And then a couple years go by, and then I see him announce his campaign on Twitter. And in his campaign, he's criticizing Ilhan Omar, and he's saying some pretty outlandish things, I would say. And so then I look him up, and it looks like he's friends with Steve Bannon now. He's appearing on Alex Jones's InfoWars program, which is a conspiracy theory show. And I was just very surprised at how this happened. So that's why I wanted to get in touch with him and see how do you reconcile those two things? How do you go from being a protester against police brutality to being a far-right congressional candidate? And the answer in that sense is that he sort of went down a YouTube rabbit hole that started with watching some Steve Bannon videos, listening to Steve Bannon's War Room Pandemic podcast, and then eventually becoming friends with Steve Bannon through the Big Three, which was a sort of unlikely and unexpected basketball connection that I did not anticipate finding when I started the reporting. Royce White, who's uh, beginning the season in the Big Three League, really the reason we're having him on, I think he's one of the most original thinkers in this country now about populism, nationalism, economic issues, etc. Well, first, first, Steve, I want to say to you, like I said to you all fair, I've been following War Room since the pandemic first broke out in Wuhan. Um, I really appreciate the information you were putting out at that time and the work you continue to do. Yeah, you, you mentioned some of the very strange bedfellows that he finds himself interacting with, like Alex Jones, who was deplatformed from Twitter and YouTube for all sorts of conspiracy theories, misinformation, disinformation. Most notably, he was sued and has gone bankrupt or filed for bankruptcy because he had said that the Sandy Hook shootings were done by crisis actors. And now... He's also, Royce White, hanging out with Steve Bannon, who is a major figure of the far right, a former and current advisor to former President Trump, a really aggressive anti-immigration nationalist with serious racist undertones or even overtly racist views. He's also under indictment for refusing to cooperate with the January 6th committee. White calls him a friend, David, and a mentor and a, quote, American hero. This seems to me to be a very strange alliance. 
Yeah, he refers to him as an American hero in our conversations many times, not just the one time that's quoted in the piece, but he regularly referred to Bannon as an American hero. We didn't have a chance to get into the piece. It was already lengthy as it was, but he also discussed that he thought that Steve Bannon's current uh, indictment, which you referenced, he's facing misdemeanor charges for refusing to cooperate with the January 6th commission, is a product of a kangaroo court, he said, and he does not respect the January 6th commission. Of course, Bannon also evaded felonies previously because of a build the wall campaign that mm-hmm. he participated in two of his co-conspirators have since pleaded guilty to those felony charges of money laundering wire fraud and those sorts of things bannon only got away with it because donald trump his friend gave him a pardon and so it is a really really strange friendship but i think if you look into it a little bit more closely you start to understand mainly Bannon still enjoys an enormous platform. He's been deplatformed by Twitter because he called for the beheading of Dr. Anthony Fauci, but he still has an enormously successful podcast, radio show, television show that live streams, and Royce has been able to develop an audience in the far right. You don't see it on Twitter. He used to have about 500,000 followers on Twitter. Now he's got about 100,000. But on these platforms like Getter and Truth, he's growing an enormous uh, presence there. So... White gets access to Bannon's platform. He gets to put himself out there. What does Bannon see in Royce White? Because from afar, you see a guy, a black man, who was protesting on behalf of Black Lives Matter, who was in the streets again, protesting against George Floyd's murder. What does Bannon see White as? Is he a good messenger for their brand of politics? I mean, what is Bannon getting out of this? Yeah, well, I think it's important to note here that, you know, some people, when I talked to them about Royce, people who know him well, some people were worried that he was just sort of playing the part. And I think a lot Mm. of people on the left have this conspiracy or this thought that a lot of people on the right are disingenuous with their beliefs, but they're just trying to get famous because of them, or you can get a lot of retweets or likes on your Twitter accounts. Royce, actually, when we talked, his views are in alignment with Steve Bannon. And in fact, Bannon, multiple times during our conversations, said that Royce White was to the right of him. And I don't think that there are very many people in the United States who are to the right of Steve Bannon. Now, Steve Bannon, if you're a cynic, also gets something out of Royce White, which is that he adds a bit of diversity to his movement, which has previously been associated primarily with white nationalism. And so he adds a guy, and he says it in the piece, he said, here's a guy, here's a black guy who's talking about real issues. And later on, he says the people on his right criticize him for incorporating people who are black who are Jewish, who are Hispanic into his movement, but he sees that as the future of America. He doesn't think that he can enact the kind of change that he wants to be able to enact without being able to bring minorities into the fold. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. 
Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey guys, Rob Parker here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like the rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with the new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com toyota let's go places from the people around royce white because i'm with you from afar the cynical part of me goes okay this is just a transactional relationship between white and these fringe far-right figures so he can gain some sort of popularity or notoriety what do his friends and teammates and former coaches who know him best have to say about the turn he's taken yeah i spoke with Countless people who have played with him at all levels of basketball, people who have coached him at all levels of basketball, and everybody sort of has their theory because Royce doesn't maintain relationships with a lot of people in that world anymore. And so these are just people who are from afar observing what's happened with Royce. Some people said that, you know, he's always been a sort of conspiratorial guy. And so it's not too surprising to them that ultimately he ended up finding these far right conspiracy theories and identifying with them. Some people thought that perhaps he was just doing it for a platform. I had one NBA coach tell me that he was just going to chase a check wherever he could find it. I didn't put that in the piece because I didn't think it was like a necessarily fair way to describe what's happening with Royce. And I thought his politics were genuine in the way that uh, he was talking about them with me. And then other people are just really concerned about him. I mean, I tried to emphasize that in the piece as much as I could, but 
There are friends and people who considered themselves at one time to be close friends of his, family members of his, who are really deeply concerned about the kind of people that he's associating with. It's not just Steve Bannon, who is a dangerous and deranged figure in American politics, but it's also like Alex Jones. You referenced, I mean, Mm -hmm. if a guy calls Sandy Hook grieving families crisis actors, if he says that people who are neo-Nazis are actually Jewish actors, if he says that there's stuff in the water that turns frogs gay, I mean, these are people that you just don't associate with if you want to take yourself seriously. Yeah. So, I mean, I think when you call Royce White's politics genuine, it's also fair to call them extreme. He's circulating with all these other people with these similarly extreme views, and he's running for Congress. He's running in a very heavily Democratic district where the congressperson at present is Ilhan Omar. And I think the wrinkle there isn't just that he's running against Omar, who is a convenient person to attack for the far right, but The interesting part for me, what stood out, was that the GOP doesn't even want him to run in that district, right? Yeah, so the way that Minnesota congressional seats work is that there's a delegate process. And so nobody is bound by the delegate process, but it's particularly the way that normally candidates are nominated for seats. So the delegates actually voted 77 to 24 in favor of another Republican candidate to face off against Ilhan Omar. Her name is Cece Davis. She's got a really interesting story herself. And Royce went up in front of these delegates when this meeting happened, and he said that he was not going to accept it because he said that the Republican Party had to describe itself as the party of God, and he was going to stand up as the face of the party of God. And as a result, he's decided that he's going to primary Miss Davis as she's running. And so there's a pretty likely outcome in which he doesn't even actually end up facing off against Elon Omar unless he decides later to run as an independent if he can't secure the Republican nomination. Yeah, the I believe the primary is in August. What are his prospects for the primary? It doesn't seem favorable for the primary. I mean, you have to consider that this district is plus 25 Democratic. So if he were out in the further out in the suburbs or really in rural Minnesota, I think that he would have a better chance at a nomination. But he's in a really heavily Democratic district. And even the Republicans in this district are not what you would consider the sort of far right MAGA Republicans. They're more of the classic 1980s Ronald Reagan Republicans who are, you know, just interested in tax cuts and family values and things of that nature. I don't think that Royce's messages about, for example, the Federal Reserve will really have a lot of resonance with people. And I think that also he's going to face some attacks from the right because although he says he wasn't protesting with Black Lives Matter, that's how most people remember him in Minneapolis right now is leading these protests against police brutality. And you have to remember, Republicans took a very negative view of those protests. They called people looters. Public opinion polls showed that Republicans were not interested in these protests, and they had a negative view of them. And so he's going to have some attacks, not only from the left, but from the right in this district. He faces a really steep battle. Yeah, he's really trying to thread a needle there. And and the way that you buttoned up the piece, I think, said it all. You had a family member who said, what if he says all this terrible stuff and loses— Or what if he says it all and he wins, right? I mean, so he's just out here peddling a brand of politics that I'm not sure who exactly it's for. 
Yeah, I mean, I think if you want to know who it's for, it's for the people that he's appearing with on their podcasts. You know, there is an audience out there for people who want to hear this kind of populist right-wing rhetoric. He's going to have a platform with Steve Bannon for as long as he wants it. He was just on Tim Pool's show, which has become an increasingly far-right presence. He's got an open invitation for Alex Jones as well. And of course, he's appeared on former sports reporter Jason Whitlock's podcast a number of times too. And Jason himself has had a turn towards right-wing politics. And so I think that he enjoys the platform. You know, I think that if things had gone differently with the NBA, that he could have had a different voice in this. If he had been respected for his battle against mental health, things could have gone a different way. But ultimately, that's not the way that it went. And he's gone to a place where he enjoys a platform. He enjoys being accepted and he enjoys being thought of as a thought leader. That's how Steve Bannon describes him as a thought leader in the far-right populist movement. So you wrote this piece about White, and I would call it a very unexpected life turn for him, and it got a massive response, including from White himself, who responded in his newsletter, and I will just describe his newsletter as a lot. He called you a pencil-powered keyboard warrior. I don't know what that means, but good for you. I think you should have a shirt made up. What did you make (laughs) of his response? Uh, You know, I thought it was interesting because— I have written pieces before about people who I didn't think were going to like the ultimate product. And uh, I had very many interviews with him where I was pushing back on him. I don't know if he expected it to be a flattering piece or not. I sent the piece to his campaign manager. Royce never gave me his number, so I didn't talk to him that way. But I sent it to his campaign manager. His campaign manager said thank you. I didn't hear from Royce at all. I sort of half expected him to call or his campaign manager to call and yell at me. People are always welcome to call me after I report on them. I just have not heard from him in that way. And then he published this uh, open letter. And, um, you know, I didn't respond to it on Twitter, and I'm not going to respond to it on Twitter either, is because I think that he's just trying to draw out the fight. And I think that for many people on the far right, it actually helps them to have what they call hit pieces run against them in mainstream media outlets because they can say then that they're, you know, not endorsed by the Jeff Bezos, Washington Post, or the New York Times or whatever. I read the piece. He asked for a correction, but he didn't cite anything that he wanted to be corrected. I stand by all of the reporting in it. I did think that if you read his other Substack posts, it's very in line with that in the sense that he goes off on many tangents and it's very lengthy. And if I can be silly for a second, I'll just say it took me about a month to write my 3,000 word story. And I think his response was 4,500 words and he wrote it the next day. And I have enormous respect for that as a writer (laughs) to be able to to do that on deadline. Yeah, he really cranked that out. I don't know that I would recommend reading his newsletter, but I very much recommend reading your piece about Royce White and the far right in the Washington Post. David Gardner, thanks for this. Thanks, John. Thanks for listening. And a reminder to please rate and review our show. Be on the lookout for Friday's special bonus Father's Day episode with Pat Forty. Sports Illustrated Weekly is a production of Sports Illustrated and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows. And for more of Sports Illustrated's best stories and podcasts, visit SI.com. This episode of Sports Illustrated Weekly was produced by Jessica Yarmoski and Isaac Lee, who is also our sound engineer. Our senior producer is Dan Bloom. Our executive producers are Scott Brody and me, John Gonzalez. Our theme song is by Nolan Schneider. 
If you've stuck around this long, we leave you with this tease for Friday's special episode. All of a sudden, the little brown-eyed girl who used to sit, I'm going to cry reading this. (laughs) I haven't read this in a long time. All right, get it together. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.